Ahoy and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and that includes all things illness, wellness, stigma and support and most importantly some of your very own personal stories. We're going to be covering projects, campaigns, starting conversations and mentioning some of those tools that have supported your well-being. I want to say thanks for being part of the podcast, whether that's as a guest, as a listener, hopefully as a subscriber. I'm Mike, and while I'm being mindfully mindless, hopefully myself and my amazing guests will be able to show you that you're not alone out there. Thank you for being part of the Mojo Podcast. These are real people, they do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves, I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. I don't think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to like it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast and to episode 160. I hope you're having a great week. I hope you've listened to last week's episode where we had uh, Laura coming back after two years. Can't believe how how long it is in between some of the guests coming on. I know we had Danny a little while back and I think we worked out it was about two and a half years um, since Danny had been on. So yeah, amazing to have those guests back. Today... I feel like I say this quite a lot now, but we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to be trying something different, but hopefully it's something you guys can engage with, enjoy, uh, and it might lead on to, I I very much doubt too many of these um, in the future, but maybe one or two in the future. So today we're going to be doing a quiz. Uh, I've (laughs) chosen to record this at a time that's extremely unpopular with a lot of people, so it is just going to be me. And I will go through, we'll give you uh, kind of short little breaks. Uh, I'll describe this better as we go. But yeah, there will be short little breaks for you to think about answers or to pause the podcast if you're going to want a little bit longer. Um, But I'm going to be using the Time to Change quiz, which is on their website, which is time-to-change.org.uk. Um... There's a, there's a huge range of awesome resources on the website. Um, obviously, I'm going to be using the quiz, but there's flyers and posters that you can customise for different events or activities if you're doing that as a champion or you're doing something in your workplace. There's also some really cool information uh, kind of signposting you to other resources as well. So there's a lot of stuff on the Time to Change website. I have been... Um, I've been a Time to Change champion for a number of years now, 
to be honest uh, in that time I haven't done a huge amount um, I've kind of used the resources quite a few times in different workplaces to run stuff on uh, time to talk day in February uh, a couple of times through the year on those themed weeks uh, in previous workplaces also was able to use some of the resources to help with this year's mental health blog awards which was ace to have access to um, I think that's probably most of the stuff I've done I've been involved with uh, some of the stuff that has been happening around the young champions uh, and some of the material that's used on the website but it's all kind of small things really uh, I would say I think there's a lot of opportunities starting to happen now there's a lot more time to change hubs um, in local areas so you can have a look on the website find out about what's going on near you and, and look into that so to crack into the quiz this is uh, a 15 question quiz so mark yourselves okay so first up question one we're getting straight in there i feel like should i play a little we're putting a little bit of the starting entry music around here somewhere so it sounds cool whatever that's great okay Question one, how many people in the UK will experience a mental health problem every year? Your three possible answers are one in four, one in two or one in eight. So I don't really know how long I meant to give you to think about this. Um, is that long enough? So... We're going to go with one in four, which is the correct answer. Well done if you said one in four. Um, so I guess there's a couple of talking points on each of these questions. For me, um, there's a couple of different stats. I've seen different places use the, the one in four, one in six, sometimes one in three. I think it very much comes down to that idea that um, mental health is something that everyone has. And I mean... I, personally I feel that anyone and everyone is likely going to be affected uh, to a high extent by certain symptoms or by certain illness at some stage in their life um, and I have seen some campaigners talk about something like using a stat of one in one uh, and I think that would be a lot more accurate I think this is again to do a bit more with you know how we how we perceive mental health illness and certain problems and symptoms um yeah and i mean realistically if it's one in three or four or six uh you get to the stage where does the statistic really matter actually we need to start thinking about this as everyone but yeah so that's question one okay question two which of these is a common symptom of schizophrenia is it violent behavior split personality or hallucinations and delusions answers on a postcard so um i think as we go through there's going to be some words i'm really going to struggle to say or pronounce but yes so hopefully this little bit of waffle has given you a bit of a uh, chance to think so we're going to go with hallucinations and delusions which is the correct answer and there's actually a little bit of information on this one as well. So I'm going to read that one out to you. So it says, many believe that people with schizophrenia are likely to commit violence. 
However, most people with schizophrenia do not commit violent crimes and are more likely to be victims of violence than perpetrators. Similarly, there is a common misconception that schizophrenia leads people to have split personalities when this is not the case. In reality, schizophrenia's most common symptoms are hallucinations, delusions and hearing voices. I think that's one of uh, one of the things that I've had when I've spoken to different people is this idea that kind of a, a split personality is part of schizophrenia um, and it's I could be misunderstood but that's very not very much not how I interpret it I think that's a completely different uh, set of symptoms and illness so uh, it's good to to have that kind of cleared up um, with that side there and definitely reinforcing that idea I think this um, would be true of all mental health illnesses that someone affected by them is actually much more likely at that time to be a victim of crime rather than the perpetrator so not just in the case of schizophrenia okay so on to question three what proportion of people with severe mental health problems have been victims of crime in the previous year doesn't actually say when this quiz was written uh, when we're talking about this year um, I'm pretty sure I've used this quiz I think I used it last year at some stage so I think the quiz might be two to three years old possibly um, just to give you a sense of which year that's talking about uh, so what proportion of people with severe mental health problems have been victims of crime in the previous year 12% 45% or 28% so we're going to give you a chance just to have a think about that. And so the answer is, uh, what should I go with? I'm going to click on 28%. And I'm incorrect. The answer is 45%. Oh, there we go. Me trying to be clever and going for the number in the middle. How are you doing? Are you outscoring me yet? Okay, so question four. What proportion of people with mental health problems experience stigma? 50%, 10% or 90%? I feel like based on some of the conversations we've had on the podcast before, this shouldn't be too much of a hard one. So we're going to be going with 90%, which is correct, unfortunately. Uh, and again, a bit of information there. So our research shows, our research being times change, that up to 90% of people with mental health problems experience some form of stigma, whether from friends and family, at work, in education or during treatment. I'd also add to that, I think I have seen a statistic that says 65% of people affected by mental health illness feel like they've been affected by stigma from uh, friends and family. So... I would say that's a really high percentage given that that is more likely going to be your support network. Um, I mean, not everyone, but some people do work with people that they don't necessarily get along with. So seeing that 65% of friends and family, I think, is a, is a huge number. And then having this as obviously 90% across everyone that's around you. Okay, question five of 15. I might have to start speeding this up, otherwise <laughs> this will be the longest 15 question quiz ever. 
Okay, how many people will experience suicidal thoughts in their lifetime? Uh, so 33%, 2% or 17 Hmm. This is an interesting one because I would... I guess it depends on what they're considering a suicidal thought because I would say um, suicidal thoughts are very much on a continuum and actually it's something that everyone will experience uh, in their lifetime. It's just for some people that might be half a second and there's very little emotional investment whereas for other people there is a greater connection with that thought. So I would actually say this is 100%. um, So I guess I have to go with the highest percentage available which is 33. Okay, I was wrong. Uh, So the answer is 17%. Um, I think... Again, this could be... Depends on your interpretation on this, I guess. I think this might be one of the questions where we're seeing um, interpretation of the question coming into play. But also, this isn't talking about how many people are there. It's how many people are there plus their willingness to tick on a box or a form that they have experienced that. I I feel like it's higher than 17%. Like I say, personally, I feel that... I feel, depending on how you word that, the answer would be 100. Okay. Um, So question six. Which country's prime minister was re-elected in 2001 after publicly taking time off for depression? Poland, Norway or Mexico? Now, I don't know the answer to this. And I'm just remembering that I've told you I I have used this quiz a couple of times. um, And we're not doing very well so far. I think I've only got about three or four out of the five so far um so we need to step our game up i think i think the answer to this is norway i I don't really remember but yeah i think it is okay so we go norway uh which is correct um so the prime minister in 1998 uh was experiencing a depressive episode uh, and took three weeks of sick leave before returning to office now have a score of four out of six okay not too bad question seven what proportion of people with mental health problems believe that workplace stress contributed to their illness could it be one in oh how is this one third of people one fifth of people two thirds of people okay that's confusing okay so the question is what proportion of people with mental health problems believe that workplace stress contributed to their illness Hmm, interesting. One fifth seems quite small. And equally two thirds. Okay, I'm going to go one third of people. Not too sure. Have I, I've given you guys enough time. Yeah, of course I have. Okay, I've got one third of people. I'm wrong. I'm not doing very well today. Okay, so the answer is two thirds of people. Uh, some of the things that are mentioned are long hours, unrealistic workloads, bad management. Um have either caused or exacerbated their condition come on need to step my game up here can't say i've used this quiz before and then get like half of them wrong it's really bad okay question eight how long do the majority of people with a mental health problem wait before telling their closest family and friends about it two months over a year seven months we're going with definitely this going quick a little bit quicker now okay going for over a year uh which is correct 
so a time to change survey showed that 60% of people with mental health problems waited over a year to tell the people closest to them about it. Um, I, I think for me that's definitely something I would agree with. Uh, I think there are a number of reasons. We've we've already spoken a bit about the stigma side. Um, I also think just generally our education, our, our articulation, if that's a word, around mental health is, is growing and is improving, but generally is quite poor. Um, I also think you'd have people that wouldn't necessarily say they are being affected by mental health illness. So there's a few things. The stigma is going to be a big, a big part of that though. So uh, I'm on a score of five out of eight so far. Question nine. Which of these UK prime ministers experienced mental health problems? Winston Churchill, Gordon Brown, Margaret Thatcher. Now, I'm going to go with Winston Churchill uh, because I know of the kind of the black dog story and phrasing that he has used however it's just the way that's worded i mean i i don't know a huge amount about gordon brown or margaret thatcher uh, so I, could, I don't know whether they did or not but i think it's probably more a case of uh, which of these is most well known I suppose for having a mental health illness I guess okay question 10 what proportion of young people with mental health problems say stigma they face has made them want to give up on life 26% 52% or 6% um I'm going to go with the 26. Okay, which is correct. Um, we've got a little bit of text. So 1 in 10 young people will experience a mental health problem. And a survey conducted by Time to Change showed that 26% of those young people felt the stigma around their condition was so severe that it made it, it, made, it, it made them want to give up on life. Okay, I think... I want to say the 1 in 10 stat, I've definitely heard that as 1 in 8 this year a few times. Um, I also think sometimes with young people, some statistics are downplayed to some extent. I don't know about you, but I, a lot of the time you hear it of how many in a classroom. So it'd be like, oh, it's two people in a classroom or three people in a classroom. And sometimes that can be an effective way of of highlighting how many people are affected but i also think depending on how you view things if you're quite a visual person you might go oh but that's just one or two or three in a class sometimes i think you need that bigger overview of okay so if it's one or two in a class if we're talking about a secondary school that's going to be like maybe 300 300 students that are affected okay like we need to seriously look at how this is happening um so sometimes i think we downplay the numbers a little bit when we break them down to too small a figure um so yeah okay question 11 before the mental health discrimination act was signed into law in 2013 
What were some people with mental health problems prohibited from doing? Uh, so the answer being a psychologist, representing Britain at the Olympics, or serving as an MP. Uh, now this is what I think I remember. So we're going to go with serve as an MP, which is correct. So before 2013, people who have been sectioned for more than six months were not eligible to be elected as a member of parliament. In addition, before the act became law, people currently receiving treatment for mental health problems could not serve on juries and company directors could be removed because of mental illness. What a show. Okay. Well, the good news is that act has recently been passed, 2013. Um, so that is now not the case. I also think when we're talking about law, it's kind of an interesting recap into that um, kind of commit suicide phrasing. Um, that law was changed in 1961. Um, so suicide is now longer, no longer. Uh, an illegal act and yet we still use that phrasing so I think law around mental health definitely takes time to be implemented um, so yeah you'd like to think that isn't in effect and that it doesn't uh, prohibit people from being in certain positions um, and doesn't prevent people from having a, a full career um, However, again, I, I guess we kind of come back to the idea of stigma and, okay, maybe it doesn't prevent you from having a certain job, but potentially someone's opinion may, I suppose. Question 12. What proportion of people with mental health problems reported stigma affecting their friendships? Uh, I've given you this one already, I think. Uh, 65%, 44 or 15. Who remembers? It is 65%. Okay, moving on. So we've got, I've got a score of 9 out of 12 so far. Which of these statements is the most accurate? Everyone is a little bit OCD. People with OCD experience intrusive, obsessional thoughts, often followed by repetitive compulsions. Or people with OCD just like things to be clean and tidy. Okay, we are going for the second answer. The obsessive thoughts and repetitive compulsions. I think for me, this is one of those... The clean and tidy thing just is a load of rubbish. Um, some people do just like things tidy and clean. And it's got absolutely nothing with a, a compulsive behaviour. Um, and it's not a disorder. They just like things tidy which is arguably how we all should be but we're just not because it's, it's not a priority for us the everyone is a little bit OCD I think is something that comes across probably a little bit because of the previous point however again I think this comes back to our understanding of illnesses and symptoms and the difference between the two so I would say that there are times when you kind of anyone could be affected by a, a symptom of a uh compulsion to do something um repetitive to i don't know there will be people that 
don't like walking on the cracks in the pavement or that have to flick the light switch a number of times or whatever the thing is does does that really affect their life is it having an impact and that's where i kind of cross over between the idea of like symptoms and the illness the disorder ocd the d is disorder is it creating disorder is it impacting it on your life um, and if it's not then that's not really that that's a, a symptom of a compulsion of a certain type of behavior but it isn't you have this illness um it just isn't uh i think it's similar kind of i don't know to saying um someone might experience a period of low mood okay low mood is not depression depression is so much more uh so low mood in my mind is symptom you can have symptoms of low mood it's, it is a type of a symptom i guess uh but depression is so much more depression is an illness I don't think I've explained that very well. Let's move on. I, send me your thoughts. Okay, we've got 10 out of 13. Two questions left. If <laughs> we come with words, I can't say. The incidence of depression in minority ethnic groups has been found to be how much higher than in the white population? 60%, 40%, 20%. Hmm. I think it's going to be quite... Oh, I don't know if it's 60. Oh, I'm tempted to go with 40. I'm going to go with 40. Damn it. It's 60%. Um, oh, it's annoying I haven't got that. Uh, so I uh, we know um, that there are often areas or groups uh, that you can signpost to it and say that these people are potentially at a greater risk um i always think we should be wary of that to some extent because it shouldn't exclude us from looking at um people that don't fall within that group um so i know from uh experience that at the moment there's a huge push to focus on men's mental health and that's great we do need to um really look at and encourage people to be more aware of that but that shouldn't be at the expense um of any other genders mental health so equally when we're talking about um, black minority ethnic um, lgbt uh, individuals and those affected by certain learning difficulties we know that those people are uh, more likely at the moment to be affected by a mental health illness um, i again kind of fall on the side of i think there's uh, a few different things there I think particularly with um, the black and minority ethnic groups there's a lot of pride and identity that is challenged by mental health illness um, and I think culturally there's a, a lot of stigma there that prevents um, and discourages access to services with um lgbt individuals uh, i think potentially it's a lack of access to service i think there is a stigma element but i think like the like individuals with learning difficulties i think it's about having appropriate uh access to services and i'm just not sure that that's there to the same extent that myself as a 
as a straight white male, I would feel that I'd probably have a greater, uh, more privileged access, particularly in our current society, to services than some of those people. Um, services are more accessible and more directed to me. Um, so yeah, a little bit of a waffle about kind of targeting services, I guess. Okay, question 15 of 15. Here we go. What proportion of young people with mental health problems say that fear of stigma has stopped them from applying for a job? 76%, 29% or 57 mm, I don't think it's 29 but I'm not sure. I really don't want it to be 76, but... I'm going to go 76. Ah! 57%. I scored a not completely great 10 out of 15 in the quiz. Hopefully you did much better than me. Um, so with that last question, uh, I think that might be another one potentially where we're also looking at the... It's not just who's affected, but who's affected and willing to put down on a form, possibly. Maybe I'm just trying to make myself feel better about my guess at the end there um i do think simple activities like this i've seen conversation you know like the little like finger and thumb conversation starter triangly things um and little quizzes like this on the time to change website they're really good conversation starters um it does get you thinking um about what's being shown by the stat also about how the stat has kind of come into place um, interestingly, I think a lot of those statistic-based questions were percentages. Uh, so I think sometimes you, you need to have a balance between, uh, well, a balance of understanding of the difference between when someone's using a percentage as a stat or an individual number. So particularly when we're talking about things like suicide, up until this year, um, there has been, a, while there has been an increase in the individual number of people taking their own lives that kind of that number that individual number of suicides has grown at the same kind of rate as our population so in terms of a percentage that hasn't really changed that hasn't increased um but the individual number of people has so it kind of depends on how you're reporting or or using that stat as to what you want to say and i think that's an important message that you can try and get across with activities like this uh, really look at the stat who's saying that where have they got that from um so i think there was a couple of times in there when um in part of like the additional text it mentioned that this is based on a time to change survey if you're reading a report or an article in a, a paper or some form of media um and it uses certain stats or quotations like where has that come from what's the source and how credible is that um but yeah i hope you've enjoyed this episode like i said don't imagine we'll do too many of them but we might do one or two more in the future um it is nice just to have a couple of talking points and run through i like i say i hope you did better than me i've got 10 out of 15 um but it's been nice to have a slightly different episode uh and and also just to have i think in the last five or six episodes i've had a few where i've got a chance to sit down and and chat with you guys it's been nice to to have a bit of time back on the podcast um just as me and you so I hope you've enjoyed it. I look forward to talking to you again soon and hopefully bringing you another new guest 
as we roll around to the winter season. Uh, if you are interested in finding out anything more about the podcast, coming on as a guest, there's now a page on the website. Um, so if you just go to Mike's Open Journal, and then underneath the podcast tab, there's a, like a subheading that says Be a Guest. It gives you all the information you need to know about coming on in the future. Hope you've enjoyed it. I look forward to talking to you soon. And until next time, please remember, you're not alone out there. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told her everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate Yeah, It's difficult dealing with our minds. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realize how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it.